0: Good morning. It's great to be with you today. Uh, We're currently in a series looking at some heroes of the Bible, each of whom God chose to use in extraordinary times, times a bit like ours, perhaps. So we've seen Esther, who went from fear to faith. We've seen Joseph, who went from isolation to influence. And today we're going to see Moses, who moved from weakness into strength by God's great help with him. Moses is one of the four towering figures of the Old Testament in the Bible, along with Abraham, David and Elijah. One of the things we love about the Bible is its honest portrayal of its main characters. It's incredible just how real and authentic the Bible presents, not airbrushing out their flaws and mistakes. I was reading just last week about Peter in the New Testament, who is with Jesus, as Jesus is being tried and taken away, ultimately for execution on the cross. And and Peter uh, denies Jesus and betrays him three times in very quick succession. And it's absolutely amazing how all four gospels give that account. They don't airbrush out Peter's failings at all. And that's true for Moses as well. We get a very real impression of Moses from the Bible's account. And I think there's a bit of all of us in Moses. I find him to be like a, a fascinating paradox. There's there's good in there, and there's bad in there. There's positive in there. There's negative in there. There's faith and there's fear, and there's weakness and there's strength. And I think you'd agree that that's true of all of us too. So we see Moses becoming this massive heroic figure in the Bible as he leads the nation of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, and yet. Years earlier, we read of him murdering an Egyptian. He also rises to prominence, of course, in his role as deliverer of this nation. But only after 40 years hidden away, shepherding in the wilderness, we find him boldly going to the king. And yet only a little bit earlier, he was afraid to speak a word to Pharaoh. Amazing paradoxes. I think there's a sense each of us is a bit like that is part of what it means to be a human being. We're a complex, sometimes painful mixture of like amazing generosity and horrible selfishness, of energy and apathy, of resilience and vulnerability, and of weakness and of strength. I wonder perhaps at the moment whether you are feeling particularly weak, anxious, vulnerable, and just not in control of things like you once were. Well this story will speak to us and help us and encourage us. You see there's good news here because what God does so well and so frequently is that he turns weakness into strength, using people's weakness in fact to display his strength in them, which is what he does with Moses. So let's quickly shoot through the story of Moses as we have it in the Bible. Moses Famously escapes uh, Pharaoh's judgment that all newborn Israelite boys should be drowned in the Nile. And he then gains a very privileged upbringing in the royal palace in Egypt, such that we read this. He became educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, powerful in speech and action. And then many years go by and age 40, he killed an Egyptian who was attacking an Israelite. And the Bible doesn't condone his doing of that, but it's making the point that Moses is siding with God's downtrodden people in slavery. Despite all his privileges in the royal palace, he's saying, no, I'm an Israelite. I'm one of God's people. Anyway, Moses has to flee hundreds of miles away to a land called Midian where he becomes a shepherd and lives in isolation and nothingness, obscurity for many, many years. And then 40 years passes, we're told. 40 years, that's a long time by anyone's standards. 40 years ago, I was 13. This picture you're seeing is of me when I was 14. That's a long time. A lot has happened in those last 40 years. If I'd fled as a murderer into the wilderness and been there for 40 years, I think I would have concluded that that was the end for me. But my big mistake all those years earlier meant that I would just stay in obscurity and pretty much uselessness through what I'd done. But here's what I wonder. I wonder if being a no one, if waiting for such a long time, being humbled to such a great degree was the very long turning point for Moses and became the reason that God could work in him and turn his weakness into strength. You see, in his own strength, Moses was actually very weak and flawed. But in his own weakness, God was very strong in him. There's a verse in the New Testament recounting part of the story of Moses that's really important here, so commenting on Moses killing the Egyptian, Acts chapter 7 verse 25 says this, Moses thought that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. He knew Moses knew he had a part to play in God's purposes for his people, but he thought that by his own actions, in his own strength, people would recognise him as God's answer to the situation. And then now, 40 years after having fled, 40 years as a shepherd in the wilderness, God comes and speaks to Moses famously in the burning bush. And Moses is not so self-assured now. He's lost all that bravado. He's lost, I'm the answer to God's people's problems. And here's what God says to him in that moment. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, God says this, Go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. To which Moses, because he's lost all his bravado, to which Moses objects five times in quick succession, despite he's hearing God's voice, despite God's great reassurances, despite even some miraculous signs that God gives to Moses to reassure him. And Moses says these things, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And then he says a little bit later, suppose I go to the Israelites Who shall I say has sent me? Number three, he says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord didn't appear to you? Then he says this, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And then the fifth one, which makes me laugh. The fifth one, it's like he's, he's given all his best excuses. Uh, God has come back to him each time with answers of why he should still go, why God will be with him. And Moses ends up, number five, saying this, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Just send someone else. I don't really care who it is. Just send them. It's a doomed mission. I do not want to go. <clears throat> now, in the end, Moses does go. But he's lost his self strength, and perhaps is now in a position where God can be seen to be strong through Moses, rather than Moses trying to be strong for God Himself. A number of years ago, that eighteen years ago, I was going along in life, uh, uh, serving in a church, and I just collapsed. Not a moral collapse but a physical and emotional collapse. And it was the most humiliating and humbling time of my life. It was an incredibly difficult year before I could even get back to work. I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't quite know why I'd come to that point. I had been doing reasonably. It was a terribly, terribly humbling time. Now, I would never have claimed to be much in the purposes of God, perhaps as Moses had, but I know looking back, that I kind of had to get to the point where I saw my weakness, not my strength, where I saw my inability, not my ability, where I saw my lack of talent before I could truly be of any real use. In what I thought was my own strength, I was actually very weak. But in owning my weakness, there's been some display of God's strength. One of the things That crises do, perhaps this crisis that we're in at the moment, is it makes us feel our vulnerability, our weakness. It's hugely challenging, thoroughly uncomfortable, and we'll all be glad when it's over. But it's in times like this that we sense our dependency, and particularly our need of God more acutely. And I think, I'm really sure, it's then, it's at those times that God can use and turn our weaknesses into strength as we lean on him. Realising, let's be honest, there's not much of us to lean on anyway. There are three passages from a letter in the New Testament, the second letter to the Corinthians, that show this principle. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We have this treasure, the life of God in us, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We like to hope that perhaps we're not as fragile as a jar of clay, but actually we're very vulnerable. We crack easily. We fail easily. But that's okay Because anything great in us simply shows that it must be God because it can't possibly be us. A few chapters later, Paul uh, is telling about his own experience. And he says this, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me this. So the Lord didn't take away his weakness, but the Lord said this to him. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, God says, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. He'll boast in his weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. then, in, in the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 4, most profoundly, Paul says this, To be sure, he, Jesus, was crucified in weakness. We know that the Christian faith is for those who know they are weak and need God. And even our saviour, in his moment of delivering us, wasn't riding through in triumph on a horse with chariot and soldiers in those days. He was in thorough weakness, dying, humiliated, alone on a cross for us. Let me encourage you. Weakness is something to be owned. But it must be owned in the right way. Not in like a whimpering self-pity, but in a healthy recognition that I need God. That's healthy weakness. I think that's where Moses got to in the end. He got to the point of saying, all my strength, all the things I thought I could do, that didn't work. I gave it up. I need God. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus yet. Can I encourage you with this? You don't have to be right, perfect even on the way to being so, to become a follower of Jesus. All you need is to say, I need God. I need his forgiveness. I need his help. I need his strength in my life because I am weak. Hudson Taylor was one of the most famous uh, missionaries and he went to China in the 19th century and had a profound impact upon the people there and saw many respond to Jesus. And later in his life, he was um, on a journey somewhere, and someone had been reading the newspaper. And uh, this fellow companion of Hudson Taylor's didn't really want to bring it up with him, but in the end, he did. And the article was explaining how weak and pathetic and unimpressive Hudson Taylor was. And Hudson Taylor responded with this, which is so profound and so helpful for us today. Hudson Taylor said, that is a very just criticism for it is all true whatever had been written in the paper he said this i have often thought that god made me little in order that he might show what a great god he is see it's treasure in jars of clay it's his strength in our weakness as we say we need god so let me encourage you Let God use your weakness, even at this time, this really difficult time, to display his strength. Let your weakness drive you to God. Why don't you do that right now? Perhaps it might help you to close your eyes and just own your weakness and talk to God and say, Lord, I need you here. Turn my weakness into strength. As you fill me with your presence and your power not in a whimpering self-pity but in a healthy recognition I need God and his strength in my life why don't you do that right now just say to him this is where I'm weak Lord I need your strength help me Father, we thank you so much for the example of Moses. Thank you, Lord, that when he came to the end of himself, he found you fully and that you were enough. We pray for strength, God's strength, in these days, in our various circumstances. As we say, we need you, Lord. I pray for anybody who isn't a follower of Jesus yet, watching, Lord, lead them to yourself that they might find strength and hope and life and the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Sean is going to lead us in communion now and a song. Thank you for listening.